0: You're listening to Straight from the Heart, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia. Our teacher here on Straight from the Heart is Senior Pastor Joe Foch. We're currently in the New Testament, going verse by verse through the book of Mark. On today's broadcast, we'll continue our study, beginning in chapter 7. Before we finish, I'll give you some additional information so you can contact us with any questions or comments but first open your bible to mark chapter 7 and let's join pastor joe as he continues
1: mark chapter 7 verse 31 says and again departing from the coast of tyron Sidon he came into the sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. He took him aside from the multitude, put his fingers into his ears. He spit, touched his tongue, Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, "Epaphatha," or however you pronounce that, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were open, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly or distinctly, I believe eloquently, and I'll tell you why. And he charged them that they should tell no man But the more he charged them, much more, a great deal, they published it. Tells us to tell everybody, we don't tell anybody. Tells them not to tell anybody, they tell everybody. And they were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. And he still does. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Interesting picture. Only given to us in Mark, one of my favorite snapshots in all of scripture probably just given to us in mark matthew gives us two verses uh, describing this time of coming into the area of decapolis and that people were coming now you understand he had sent back to this area the demoniac the man that was healed in the area of the gadarenes and uh, the man had said, can I go with you? He said, no, you go home to your friends, your family, tell them what great things God hath done for you. And many had come from that area during Jesus' public ministry, so word had spread. Now, I think that Mark tells us this alone because Mark is writing to the Roman. And these are 10 Roman cities, the Decapolis, only Scythopolis, or Bashan is on the west side of the the Jordan, the other nine over by Jabbok and and up into uh, the southern Syria and so forth today. Uh, This area of 10 Roman cities, and perhaps when Mark is writing, this man is still alive, still testifying. Perhaps Mark knew some who were in this area of uh, Decapolis that in fact knew this man. Well. We have this picture of Jesus coming, making a wide swing, staying out of the area of Israel and coming now down into the area of Decapolis on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And we have a picture of certain things here. I think it's important to see the people now that bring this man to Jesus. Verse 32 says, they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech and they beseech him, Jesus, to put his hands upon him. I think it's good for us to look at this man's, and I'm assuming they're his friends, or at least that they know him. They have a difficult challenge. They have to bring someone to Jesus who doesn't understand what they're trying to tell him. The man can't hear, so he doesn't know what they're doing, doesn't understand what they're saying, can't hear them. Oh, they want to tell them about Jesus, even though they don't have all the information that we do, but the man can't understand. And yet, it's interesting for me to look at the effort they make to get this person to Jesus. And I think, what a great challenge for us. How many friends do we have that don't understand? We try to tell them, they don't get it. They can't hear what we're trying to say, and sometimes we go, forget it, I'm tired of no." These people were determined to get their friend to Jesus. And and of course, that's the, the secret of it. They're not trying to get their friend to a church. They're not trying to get their friends to Calvary Chapel. Oh, if I could only get my friends to Calvary. But, you know, I pray that you never do that. In, in one sense, I understand it's great if we believe the Lord's doing something here and we want people to be exposed to that. But if anybody stands before the Lord on Judgment Day and he says, why should I let you into my kingdom? And they said, oh, I went to Calvary. He's going to say, sorry, never heard of it. Only those who come into personal contact with Jesus Christ and say, because your son died for me and shed his blood for me and has become my Lord and my savior. They're trying to get their friend to Jesus. And that's the all important thing because even then someone who doesn't understand can be brought. Because they're not bringing, him to a, not bringing him to a fact or a list of rules and regulations or to a law or to an institution. They're bringing him to someone that they know can do something for his condition. They're bringing him to someone with power to change his life. It doesn't matter that the man doesn't understand. What matters is the one that they're bringing him to. And it's the same in your life. Now, they had some preconceived ideas. Evidently in Decapolis they had already started a touch and heal denomination. Because they get the man to Jesus and they say to him, we know how this works, touch him and heal him. We know how this happens, we know how you do it. Go on, touch him. And imagine the poor guy, he doesn't know what's going on. Well, the Lord doesn't do it that way. And how often is it that the Lord doesn't work according to the things that we set down for him to do? Oh Lord, if you'll only do, oh Lord, this would be great. Like he's in heaven thinking, I wish I had something great to do today and we're saying, Lord, this would be great. Lord, just if you do it this way, Lord, if you do it like, I know how oh, this would blow us. My Lord, this would be, and I think the Lord appreciates our, our zeal, but he doesn't do it the way that they asked him to do it, and I'm glad that he doesn't because I think there's so much here for us in that he did it a different way, and he does that throughout Scripture. It isn't a law. It isn't... A Set of rules. It doesn't have to happen a certain way because he's cognizant in and of himself. He makes his own decisions He treats everyone as an individual The thing I like about these guys is they bring their friend to Jesus and it says they beseech him. Please touch him They beg him and What a reproof it is to me. I think Lord, you know, there are people in my life and my family. I'd love to be saved and And I've prayed about them, but Lord have I begged Have I really begged you to touch them? Are you the same yesterday, today, and forever? Are you, Lord, as aware of of me, if I would really spend time on my knees with tears and with broken heart and, and begging you as these people were when they begged for their friend? I think he's the same. There's some lessons for us to learn as we look at these men or these people who bring this man. I think secondly, we see the man. It says here to us that this man is deaf and has an impediment in his speech uh, we're not sure what that means Trump tried to say well because he has an impediment that means that uh, his his deafness is not congenital no it doesn't say any of that at all as a matter of fact in fact in Isaiah chapter 35 verse 6 there when it talks about the coming of the Messiah it says the deaf and the dumb shall sing aloud they shall hear and and it uses in the septuagint which is a translation of the hebrew the same word that we have for impediment here that's the word that they use to translate dumb from the hebrew in fact in verse 37 as we look at it his friends are astonished and and they say to us he hath done all things well he maketh the deaf to hear and the dumb, that's not the word for impediment, that means those who can't speak, to speak. That's their appraisal of the situation. And you have to understand, his friends, the thing that they're amazed with is not that the man hears because they don't experience that. The thing they're amazed with is that the man speaks to them distinctly. That's the thing they experience. All of a sudden their friend, who whether he had whether he was dumb, couldn't speak at all, or or from from being raised with no hearing, could not enunciate anything, had no capacity of speech, all of a sudden the man's talking to them. That's the thing that astounded them. They didn't know if he was hearing, only the man knew that. Of course, they realize it as they talk back and forth with him. But they said, He's done all things well. He makes the dumb to hear and the he makes the, the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. So the man, imagine him being in his shoes, being drugged to Jesus. He hasn't heard about Jesus, he can't hear. He doesn't, want the, they take him through the crowd and they push him up, stand him in front of this guy. Guy looks like everybody else in the crowd, beard, robe. Jesus said, look like everybody else. Remember John the Baptist said, the one who sent me to baptize said, it'll be the one upon whom you see the spirit descending and, and abiding upon. He said, he said, if it wasn't for that, I would not have known him. There's no way to pick him out in a crowd. He didn't glow, didn't float. They pushed this deaf and dumb man in front of this carpenter, in front of this man. Now, this man was probably very perceptive visually because that was one of his capacities, and I would like to have seen his face when he was pushed into the face of Jesus and looked at him, but he doesn't know. Doesn't know what's going on. And I love to see what Jesus does in this situation. It says this in verse 33, if you'll look. It says, He took him aside from the multitude. He put his fingers into his ears, spit and touched his tongue, and looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Epaphatha, that is, be open. Jesus took him aside, gets him away from the crowd, wants the man's attention, doesn't want all the distraction. Jesus gets him alone because he understands this man's language. The man has a language. It's just not a language we understand. This man, when he looked at a beautiful flower, said within himself, that's beautiful he didn't say it like i just said it in english because he didn't have language but he said it in an unspoken language he understood it if he went outside and a cold wind hit him he said to himself oh i'm cold but he didn't say it in english he didn't have a language but he said it in a language of the heart jesus understood that human beings are remarkable This man had thoughts without language. He understood and categorized things without language, without human language, with the language of the heart. And Jesus took the man aside, took him away from the crowd. And Jesus did this, he looked at him face to face. Now, it says here that he put his fingers into his ears. That sounds a little yucky. The Greek really says he put his fingers to his ears. Jesus took him and got his attention and he touched the man's ears. And they probably looked at each other and nodded. Jesus was saying, we're gonna do something here. And then it says Jesus spit and touched his tongue. Please, it does not say Jesus spit on his tongue. The guy would have took off. How are you gonna explain that to the guy? Imagine all his friends spitting, trying to tell him what Jesus, doesn't say that. See, we think that in our mind because there's another guy, Jesus spits and makes mud from the spittle and puts it on his eyes and says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So now we think every time Jesus spits, it's gonna get on somebody. Doesn't say Jesus spit on his tongue. It doesn't say Jesus spit on his finger and then touch his tongue. I'm deaf and dumb and I can see you ain't doing that to me. And you see, we, we have all of these scholars who say, well, culturally, in the time period, spittle from a holy man was considered to have healing properties. Please. The man gets healed because Jesus is the creator of the universe and he speaks the word of God. Jesus doesn't need spit to heal anybody. What a sad way to interpret the situation. Jesus reaches up looking at this man, having taken him away from the crowd, and touches his ears. And you can see the man kind of affirming. Jesus then spits to get the man's attention. There's some string on his tongue. There's something, maybe he couldn't produce spittle or maybe spittle drooled. It says the band of his tongue is gonna be loosed. Jesus spit and then touched the man's tongue and the man letting the man know, yes, yes, here there's a problem too. And then it says Jesus looked up to heaven because he wanted the man to know where this healing was gonna come from. Jesus knew the size of this man's heart. The Bible tells us that Jesus knows the thoughts and imaginations of our hearts, of a language that's not spoken out loud. Jesus knew about the size of one man's heart, a man in that society that was relegated to the realm of failure, of poverty. This is a society in this day that doesn't have Braille for the blind. They don't have hearing aids or sign language being taught somewhere. This is a man who was cast off from society, and yet Jesus, with millions of people on the planet, knows the sigh. Of someone's heart it tells us in Romans for you and I as believers that that we don't know how to pray as we ought well of course we don't we're flesh we're we're being conformed into his image and like this but we're children and we stand in the presence of a holy eternal God and yet it says but the spirit of God within us with groanings that are too deep to be uttered That's not talking about speaking in tongues. It's talking about the heart of every believer. How often we groan. How often is it that you get before the Lord and you can't say anything with words and tears will run down your cheeks. And how God hears what our heart is saying. He took this man, he touched his ears. The man looked, spit, pointed to his tongue. Yes, there is a thirst inside of me. And Jesus said to him, be literally completely open. What was he talking about? He wasn't talking just about the man's ears. the man couldn't hear him. This isn't Jesus talking to a deaf man. Wouldn't be any sense. He just did sign language. The guy can't hear. It's the Creator speaking to his creation. It's Jesus speaking to cells and tissues and nerve connectings that had never worked. It's Jesus, the creator, speaking to his creation, saying, be completely opened. And you have to understand what happens. It isn't just all of a sudden, oh, the guy can hear and says, what's that? What's that? What's that? Oh, oh. And, and, and people are talking to him as friends, and he's saying, ah, 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 I don't know. he can hear. No, no, no. It says, Jesus said, be completely opened, and he immediately began to speak distinctly when jesus said to him be opened he gave him the cognizant ability immediately to hear language and understand what was being said though he had never heard it in his life he gave the man the ability to speak a language he had never learned the man begins to speak distinctly the man begins to hear and understand immediately the miracle is that that's why his friends say They're astounded. It says, they're astonished above measure. What that means is there was no scale above measure. There's no scale to measure their astonishment. It's an astonishment that's so great, they can't measure it. They can't put it on a scale. And they just look around and say, he's done all things well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. It doesn't say the guy went to rehab then and he he learned language and he learned how to enunciate words. No, it all came at one time. So I believe not only did he speak distinctly, I believe he spoke eloquently. Jesus gave him his language, gave him the ability to hear, gave him the ability to speak. Now, I look at it and I think, okay, Lord, what's in it for us as believers? You know, Jesus gives us the example how many times we're told that he went alone and he prayed. He sought his father. In fact, Isaiah, you don't have to turn there. Chapter 50 verse four says this, "'The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, "'that I should know how to speak a word in season "'to him that is weary. "'He wakeneth morning by morning, "'he wakeneth my ear, to hear as the learned. This is Jesus' own testimony that he went every day and spent time alone with the Father. He let the Father take him aside. And it says in that his communion with the Father, he's given me the tongue of the learned to know how to speak a word in season to those that are weary. Something that no religion or human language could ever accomplish, but Jesus says, it's there where I'm renewed and refilled it says he openeth my ear he gives me the tongue of the learned jesus speaking of his own experience as it were with the father what do we say when the lord says to us come aside i want to spend time alone with you because you know how many miracles in my life take place when he takes me aside i want to tell you the truth Most of the miracles in my life take place in privacy. He speaks with me. He blows my mind. He reproves me. He challenges me. He shows me things. How many miracles are represented in this room that have taken place privately that no one else knows about? but if you're anything like me, you know, he says, and sometimes I can feel him tugging, you know, it's that language that's not human, and he's saying to me, come aside. I say, Lord, but it's the fourth quarter. Can't we talk after the game? Come aside. Lord, it's early. Can't we talk at seven instead of six? Hold, the bed's warm come aside oh, Lord I'm having so much fun right now this is great does he tell us to come aside so that he might speak to us give us an ear to hear give us something to say to those that are weary I think we have to understand that there is that facet of the Word of God The psalmist says this, open thou mine eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. Lord, you have to open my eyes so that I can behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandment from me. The psalmist says, I have to go to the Lord and ask him supernaturally to open. There's a supernatural aspect to the word of God, how necessary it is for each of us then to come aside and to come under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit, under the tutelage of the living God because his word is not just a biology book or a textbook but it is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword and it divides down into the human being between that which is soulish and that which is spiritual. And are we willing? To go aside with him to open his pages and say lord let me hear what you're saying if you lord jesus needed to go morning by morning that the father would grant unto you the tongue of the learned to speak a word that day to those who were weary lord if you went alone with your father day by day so that he would give you the ear of the learned if you are the author and finisher of our faith, our example. Lord, take me aside. I'm so dull of hearing, Lord. Study the word of God. But if you neglect to get alone with Jesus Christ and let him speak his word to you, if you neglect to allow him to ignite, his word. You are missing the most supernatural aspect of it. He's the same yesterday, today,
0: and forever. That concludes our teaching time here on Straight from the Heart. If you enjoyed today's message from Mark chapter 7 and would like to hear it again in its entirety, You can listen to it on our website for free at www.ccphilly.org. Just go to our homepage and click on Listen to Current Messages, then select Straight from the Heart and click on the study with today's date. Today's message number is SAM305. That's SAM305. You can also listen to today's teaching from Mark chapter 7 or any other message from Genesis to Revelation by downloading our free app on your tablet or mobile device. Just go to your app store and search for Calvary Chapel Philadelphia or go to our website and click the link for the mobile app. In addition to our app, you can also study the Bible with Pastor Joe by subscribing to our Straight from the Heart radio podcast available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. For more information on this broadcast or Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia, don't forget to visit our website at ccphilly.org. Thanks for listening, and remember to join us next time as we continue with more great Bible teaching that comes straight from the heart.